Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Today we are going to be wrapping up week 14, round one of the playoffs. We now only have four teams left in our playoff. Um, We also are going to be talking a little bit about the Gulag, not too in-depth, just specifically who got eliminated, projected scores this week, because waiver budgets are so low. Really, it's just Drewster spending money, and that's it. Uh, we're going to talk about last week's matchups. We're going to talk about week 15, and then we're going to finally wrap up by talking about the NFL. So let's start today by talking about the Gulag. Well, I'm the Lord of the Vale. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. Alright, so let's talk about who went through through the moon door today, or this week. So we had Kayla, Kay Schneider, is eliminated, and then we also had C. Monday get eliminated this past week. Um, So we're now down to our final four in the Gulag. Like I said... There was only five $1 budgets and the rest were zero. So not every day do you see Aaron Jones go for zero dollars. So That's kind of crazy. Oh. But I guess Drew is able to put a dollar bid on anybody he wants. He really changed yeah. his team up this week. Looking at his team right now in his budget, he has $80 and literally everybody else has zero. So there's no way he's going to spend his entire budget, which is kind of crazy too. It is. But he might get, you know, if he gets eliminated this week, then it doesn't even matter. So, true. Let's look at the projections right now. So, we are left with China Star, Drew Sterknize, Danny Tarpey, and Jay Bolster. Projected scores right now at the bottom is Danny Tarpey, but he's made a lot of transactions in like the last day or so. <laughs> Just like probably tilting, freaking out a little bit because of the projections. So 143, he's got, um, but you can see by looking at his lineup, still very, very good in any situation. Second, we have China Star, who is projected 144.2, so only 0.7 higher. He's already had Aaron, or sorry, Austin Eckler play with 11.9. He didn't start Josh Jacobs, yikes. Yeah, he's probably scared off by last week. And his whole social media fiasco. Third, we have Jay Boaster is projected 160. So you can see right now both those teams are projected around approximately 16 to 17 points below these teams. And Jay Boaster is projected 160. He already got 30 points from Darren Waller. And we kind of expected him to have a good game. 
Um, him and Kelsey are as safe as you can get at the tight end position. Looking at his lineup, though, he's starting two Vikings against the Bears defense. That's very, very sketchy to me. I know they're good players, but I think there's a couple of wide receivers in the free agency I'd consider. I mean, they're the number 9 and 11 receivers, so yeah. I guess. I mean, if you're purely going off rankings, I'm just thinking in terms of, like, looking at who they're playing. And then also you got Russell Wilson going against the football team who's on a four-game win streak, and they have a good defense, good pass rush. So I'm not looking at the options right now, but maybe a cause for some pause. And then fourth, we have The Bank, a.k.a. Drewster Knies. He's projected 167.6. His team is just absolutely loaded. If you look at all the matchups in terms of who they're playing also, uh, all of them are green, except for Stephon Diggs, and he's playing against the Broncos. Oh, and Mahomes against the Saints, but matchup proof. So His bench is, like, they should be starting in every other team yeah. ever. Like, that's, that's crazy. So, do you think that those bottom two projected teams are going to get out, or do you think there's a chance for one of these others? There's always a chance. Fantasy football... Whenever, ever, anytime you think anything is for sure going to happen, the the floor gets pulled out from you, and your team has a shit week, and you can easily be eliminated. Yeah, it's a lot of luck too. All right, so I know you wanted to talk briefly about cookies, so let's talk about them. All right, so what do you got for us this week about cookies? Well. Logan and I made the decision that we're not going to be counting cookies for our team totals since the playoffs and a lot of teams aren't going to be setting their optimized lineups from now on. Um, based off of that, I still went through and I just went and grabbed all the cookies from our lineups uh, where they're not going to count for our team totals, but they're just going to see what we have um, based off of other weeks. We had uh, 323.72 this week. Which was the eleventh highest of the or the eleventh worst of thirteen, so we are not that far off from our worst score. It wasn't a great week for fantasy, but we did have a lot of high performers that that flipped some playoff matchups. So to start off, we had Lamar Jackson for Ryan with thirty six point nine two. Looks like at the running backs we had Jonathan Taylor for thirty thirty point five, and then we also had Derrick Henry with thirty six point two. The wide receiver spots, Danny had Stefan Diggs with 29.1, and Allen Robinson went to Spaceballs for 27.3. At the tight end, I had Travis Kelsey with 27.6. The flex spots, Danny again with 29 from Kareem Hunt. You mean and Miles Sanders lefty? Yep, I'm, I looked at <laughs> that and I realized that that was wrong. Um, 29 for lefty, and then Miles Sanders... Went to Randy with 29.6. And then we have Rex Fex, Power of the Rex Fex. Actually, Power of the Goggles, 14 to Justin. At the D-line spot, Chase Young was a monster and had 19 for Ryan. My gosh. He also had a touchdown, so that helps. Linebacker, we had Roquan, Roquan Smith, 16 points to D-slads. Uh, the DB spot, Marlon Humphrey had 14.5 for Will. And then in the IDP, IDP flex, we had Jerome Baker with 14 to Little Slads. 
Yep, and we'll we'll do cookies again next week and the following week just to see the point totals. But this is not a great week for point totals. Not I mean, at all. We'll probably not see we'll probably not see good scores with people not really optimizing their lineups if they're out. Sure, especially my team. <laughs> and my team, we're both not optimized. Let's go. <laughs> all right, so we're setting a we're setting a legitimate lineup, but we're seeing who can score the lowest amount of points on our team. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, that's, that's at least what I was trying to do. Let's look at some waivers. So Tyron Johnson was the big waiver claim by Sterk. He spent $15 on him in the case that Keenan Allen would not play. Kind of funny also, though, because uh, Keenan Allen literally into a microphone said, start me, start me, like a little fantasy football. Literally gets like two points. Tyron Johnson's on Sterk's bench with 16 points. And it was announced that Keenan was going to be on a snap count. That came about 20 minutes before game time, though. So, kind of expected. Uh, he did not take the safe option. He took the risky option. We'll see if that actually hurts him this week. Yeah, that's, that's just a rough situation for Stark to be in. That, kind of, that, that and the Josh Jacobs is one that really sucks for fantasy playoff owners. Looks like Ryan uh, the, spent 6 bucks on the Postman. Dan Arnold, four bids were in on him. I was, I was surprised at how many bids. Uh, he's had a couple of good weeks in a row, though, and Ryan grabs a, a solid tight end. Uh, the last bid that had any money towards it went to the title of our last podcast. Who the fuck is Chad Hansen? Well, Dirk grabbed him for a dollar. <laughs> and Chad Hansen, funnily, funny enough, he would have, I think he would have outscored like two players on your team last week. We were like, I was joking around saying you should have picked him up, but that was kind of funny. They were joking around it. It was. And even if I would have picked him up, it wouldn't have mattered. But it was crazy that that happened. We'll see if the Texans bring him up from the practice squad this week. Will picked up Benny Snell also, and then Stark picked up Brian Burns to help him in the IDP department. Yeah, Benny Snell's interesting, and then Brian Burns, the only reason we included him is because Stark's in the playoffs. We'll see if he starts him. Sure. All right, so let's get right into last week's matchup in our league. So we obviously only had two matchups of importance uh, between myself and D-Slads and then yourself and Amelia Clark fan. I'll talk about my matchup and then you can kind of talk about yours. So on my end, oh boy, I was projected to beat D-Slads by 17 and I ended up losing by 29 points. So it was not good at all the four over five the five over the four upset is complete on my end i had patrick mahomes he started up he had three picks you'll never see that uh and then he also still was able to score 23.1 points running um, backs he's, oh, sorry, got, what? he's got a point he's got a point for a tackle in there too <laughs> <laughs> so he threw a pick and then he tackled someone yep <laughs> Running backs, we had Ronald Jones. I had him with 15.4. He has looked really good, as I kind of mentioned, but now he's on the COVID list. He might not even play this week. Uh, and then Wayne Gallman, and I'm going to say their names just because they deserve the respect, knowing I won't be talking about them anymore this year. Fair enough. So Wayne Gallman, 10.8 points. Uh, he had 12 carries for 57 yards. Not as efficient as usual. Uh, he didn't get as much work as he had in the past either, but he did have three catches for 16 yards and also a tackle <laughs> coming at the hands of probably a Daniel Jones fumbler pick. 
most likely. So then also we had Adam Thielen. Very, very disappointing. 6.9, I guess, nice points. Uh, three catches, 39 yards. Corey Davis, the biggest disappointment by far. Uh, with all in mind, uh, with 4.4 points. Travis Kelsey had 27.6. James Conner had 1.8. Very disappointing, but also was hurt. Corey Davis played the whole game. Also doesn't help that they were blowing the Jags out by like 30 most of the game. And then DeAndre Hopkins, 22.6 points, of course. Nine catches for 136 yards. Uh, and then looking at my IDPs, no one was more than six. On D-Slad's side, he started like nine Panthers. <laughs> so starting with his quarterback, he had Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Loves with 20.4. So just around that Mahomes range. Running backs, we had Mike Davis with 26.3. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with 14.6. Uh, it's so funny, last week he was just talking about how he needs to trade him in the offseason, uh, and then he was fine. Jarvis Landry, 11.68. That also includes a pass that he had. <laughs> Diggs, 29.1. Fant with a fat zero. Robbie Anderson with 17.7. Raheem Mostert with nine. And looking at his IDPs, Roquan again, Cookie, 16. Tyron Matthew with eight. Miles Jack with eight and a half. So D-Slads advances on to play against Sterk Daddy this week. And then mine was the more traditional playoff loss, the three versus six matchup. Uh, I was projected to only lose by three to Emilio Clark fan and ended up losing by 35. 191.5 to 156.26. I'm happy to make the playoffs. I didn't think I'd make it. I thought it was going to be a lot closer definitely disappointed but i'm not as disappointed as i would have been if i would have been a lot more heavily projected uh for my squad i had kyler murray with 20.4 he really hasn't been the same since that seahawks game um i'm hoping that next year he'll start turning it around again uh but i did like my running back performances both rookies both looking really great for my team going forward in the future jonathan taylor got a cookie with 30 and a half and then kenya makers uh owned the Patriots with 21.4 on Thursday night. That got Randy really nervous. Uh, then I have Devontae Adams, which who still is the best receiver in the league, with 24.5. Devontae Parker had two throws at him, uh, didn't get a catch, and then got hurt and left and had a big fat zero. Sweet. Uh, Eric Ebron had seven. Amari Cooper had 15.1. He's been solid, even with all the crazy turn- quarterback turnover. Giovanni Bernard I'm honestly thinking about cutting him going into the offseason. He's been awful. 3.3. Uh, Rex Beck got a cookie with 14. And then Justin Simmons had 7, and the rest of my IDPs had 6 or below. For Randy, his team went off. Uh, Russell Wilson had 30 against the Jets. That's a great matchup in fantasy playoffs. Delvin Cook had probably one of his lowest performing weeks of the year and still ended up with 19. Uh, Nick Chubb went off in that Monday night football game with 24.3. Mike Evans had only had 8.6. A.J. Brown had a, a hell of a game with 25.2 and got a point for a tackle. Uh, Dallas Goddard had 8.3. Miles Sanders had a huge game against New Orleans with 29.6. Uh, Dalton Schultz didn't do much. Daniel Carson had 9. Uh, but then for his IDPs, Jordan Poirier had 11. Darius Leonard at 9.5 and Deion Jones at 8. It all all accounted for a nice 35-point loss, and Amelia Clark fan will head on to the playoffs. 
and he plays Cascade Bear this week. So let's talk about each of those matchups quickly. First, starting with D Slads versus Stirk Daddy. Currently, Stirk Daddy, after the Thursday night game, has a 53-point advantage on D Slads. That even includes uh, a mediocre 2.6 points from Keenan Allen. But he had 20.4 from Josh Jacobs and 30 points from Darren Waller. Something that we cannot forget to talk about is D Slads claiming that he made an, a lineup change for Jonathan Abram, who is out and is in his IDP spot. I, he has multiple IDPs in his bench. Like, and, all you have to do is yeah. make sure that it goes through. I, I, I don't understand how that's possible. He also has three open roster spots. So it's like... Currently only one. He must have grabbed some guys. Also, when you make a change... I, I even went and I looked at his team when he said that. And he has no red red violations at the top, which is the reason most times why you can't edit your lineup. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't there. Also, <laughs> like... It's not like ESPN, would, it, what you have it used to happen on ESPN, whenever you'd make a lineup change, you'd have to like click submit. It automatically does it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just funny. <laughs> he was fuming about it. <laughs> so on D-Slats... Well, about Stark's Raiders who went off. Yeah. So D-Slats is currently projected to lose by 31 points in this semifinal matchup. He does currently have Teddy Bridgewater going tonight against Green Bay. And Mike Davis going tonight versus Green Bay. Pretty amazing feat with McCaffrey being out most of the year that he's still able to make the playoffs. Yeah, Mike Davis has really, really helped his team. I'm, I'm sure Ryan is very much regretting adding and dropping him about seven times. <laughs> <laughs> he's also got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going against the Saints. Jarvis Landry against the Giants. Stephon Diggs against the Broncos. And then he's still riding it with Noah Fant today versus the Bills. Do you like that? Let's go take a look at who his other tight end options are. Anthony, Anthony Ferkser. <laughs> yep, that's the better option, probably. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Even with him being disappointing. We also got Robbie Anderson, another Panther. So he's really hoping for a Panther outburst of points tonight. He'll be double stacking in a lot of categories. 14.6 he's projected right now. Raheem Mostert, who was ruled healthy, quote-unquote, this week. He will play against Dallas in his second flex. That's a juicy matchup as long as he gets the snaps. And then on Cirque's side, quarterback Josh Allen going today versus Denver. That should be a nice matchup. Other running back, he's got Chris Carson going against Washington football team. Did you get the, the news about Seahawks uh, this morning? I did not. Rashad Penny active this week. Oh, wow. I don't know if he's obviously going to be eased in because he hasn't played once in the first 13, uh, 14 weeks. But I thought that was interesting. For sure. Especially because he was a former first-round pick. Why not? Carson's been the better running back the whole time, though. Oh, yeah. And he was a seventh-round pick, right? Carson? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Second why not, we got Tyreek Hill. In the flexes, he has J.K. Dobbins and Duke Johnson coming back off the COVID list. Uh, David hit, Johnson. Yes, David Johnson. And then in the IDPs, um, I think he has a significant advantage, but Roquan Smith is probably good for about 10 every single game. 
to kind of cancel out either Miles Garrett or TJ Watt in one of those categories. Daniel Sorensen, I used to have him for about four weeks. <laughs> you did. So the winner of this goes on to the championship. Loser plays for third place. I'll have you talk about the second matchup. The second matchup is the one versus the three. Oh, two versus three. Two oh, yeah, versus two versus three, three, right. Yep, two versus three. Um, where Cascade Bear has a 10 and three record and is still projected to lose by 20 to the three seed, Amelia Clark fan, who went eight and five on the year. We thought Amelia Clark fan kind of underperformed what his total was the whole year, and he is heavily favored in this matchup to head to the championship game once again. For. Uh, outdoor furnishings, Cascade Bear. He's projected 156. Amelia Clark fan is 177. So, Cascade Bear is going to be starting seat covers with 20. Who is projected to go against the Giants? That could be an okay matchup with him. Uh, his running backs, who he's starting Gus Edwards versus Jacksonville. I'm okay uh, with that with his other options. Like his other options right now, looking at his bench, are Brian Hill, Sony Michelle, and that's it. Oh, okay. That makes an injury really, really hurts him. Um, then you got Giant Sombrero hat guy against Carolina. That's a good matchup. Uh, Mosquito versus Tampa Bay. That'll be another good matchup. Uh, Disco Ball, if he can get rid of his uh, drops against the Bengals, will be an okay matchup. Uh, outdoor Griller going against Jacksonville. That should be pretty good as well. Uh, backyard Pool has been hot. And he's playing against Houston. What is the footballer's nickname for him? T.Y. Houston. This should be a great matchup going against the Texans' horrific defense. Uh, Bubble Maker versus Miami. That's a little interesting because Miami's defense is pretty solid and they're probably going to have Xavier Howard against him. Um, then he got the best fantasy kicker this year. Oh, oh now he's number two. I'm, I thought he was number one in Young Way Koo. Uh... Shaq Barrett and Jamal Adams should be pretty solid. And Minka Fitzpatrick and one Jeremy Chin have all had touchdown or interception fumble recoveries each week. They could always go off. For Randy, he's got Russell Wilson versus the Washington football team defense. That should be interesting. Seattle's offense has really struggled the past few weeks, and Washington's pass defense is great. Um, But you've got to start Russell Wilson because he's by far his best option. And he's unlimited. And he's unlimited and an MVP candidate. Not anymore, but he was. Um, and you have Dalvin Cook, who's been the number two fantasy running back the entire year, who had an off week and scored 19 last week. So I think he's pretty set there. Uh, Nick Chubb uh, against Giants defense. That'll be a great matchup. Mike Evans versus the horrific Falcons pass defense. That's going to be pretty good. A.J. Brown versus the horrific Lions pass defense. That'll be pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Dallas Goddard versus uh, the Cardinals. I'm surprised he's not projected for more points than that, uh, but he's still projected for almost nine. Miles Sanders projected to get like 15 against Arizona. I think that'll be higher. Uh, Traquan Smith in the flex spot against Kansas City. That's interesting. That's that's where he's missing Julio Jones, who's out again this week. Uh, you got nine from Daniel Carlson, only three from Joey Bosa, but then he's got Darius Leonard, the when healthy, he's probably the number one linebacker in fantasy football because he's projected to get like 15 points. And Jordan Poyer and Deion Jones are also projected to get good points. So right now, if Sleeper projects it, we'll have Team Amelia Clark fan, the three seed, 
versus the one seed Stirk Daddy in the fantasy football Super Bowl. So the only transaction I was curious your opinion on of who you would start in this situation for Cascade Bear would be, would you go with Jacoby Myers versus Miami or Darius Slayton against Cleveland? I have Darius Slayton in a, in a different league. I've traded, I traded for him like halfway through the season. He's had one game where he's hit 10 points. Hmm. Um, I, and that's not a PPR, it's a half PPR league. But yeah, Darius Slayton had 10 against Tampa Bay and 14 against Philly. But everything else after week six has been like low point performances. Sure. So would you, uh, would you I, go for Jacoby Myers? I think I'd keep Myers, but I wouldn't feel great about it because the Dolphins' defense has been incredible this year. Jalen Samuels would be slightly interesting on the free agency if Connor would be out. I don't know. I think they'd still go with Snell, but even he's not good. Um, and then also... Debo being hurt helped. Debo and Joe Mixon being hurt really screws him with the, the flex yeah. spots. yep. And Antonio Gibson. He's got some rough injuries there that are really hurting him. And the only the only other free agent that would be interesting, obviously they're not going to hear this in time, whatever, but the only other interesting would be Jack Doyle going against Houston because Mo Alley Cox and Trey Burton are both going to be out this week. So that would be interesting, but also it's like, do you want to flex a second tight end? Probably not. Probably not, no. All right, so we will come back and we will talk about the NFL Week 14. Looking at week 14, so we started off with the Rams, 24-3, victory over the Patriots. The biggest takeaway by far was Cam Akers has the reins in the Rams' backfield. He had 29 carries for 171 yards. Any other takeaways? Um, Not really. The Patriots continue to confuse. Uh, they're pretty much a middling team this year, um, which was kind of surprising. But then, yeah, Cam Akers going forward. I'm really, really liking both the rookies and Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers. Um, I, I'm liking that a lot. And Cooper Cup just had a solid performance as well. And the Rams are now nine and four. I think they win the division. Personally, thoughts? I think so as well. Yeah. Seattle has the easiest schedule though. So, second game, the what the fuck game: Chargers and the Falcons, twenty to seventeen. The Chargers win. Oh, guess what? How? On a game-winning field goal by Michael Badgley. Not going to talk about Thursday's game. Yikes. Um, <laughs> no Julio. Matt Ryan threw four picks or three? I don't remember. I think it was three. Uh, both these teams attempted to lose the game in the last few minutes. Um, Matt Ryan threw a pick. Then Herbert threw a pick. Then Matt Ryan threw another pick. And then the Chargers went down the field and actually got a game-winning field goal. It was... An impressive performance of teams, two teams that are very good at blowing games. <laughs> so both of them are now four and nine. Chargers are five and nine, but uh, neither one of them is going to the playoffs. I think we're going to see because Falcons they're going to be hiring a new coach and a new GM. 
Chargers probably, maybe not, will be looking for a new head coach. We'll see. Next matchup, Bears and the Texans. Oh, my God. Bears win 36-7 to at the hands of Mitchell Trubisky and his three touchdowns. David Montgomery and Allen Robinson both also had really good games. Texans looked like ass. They had no Brandon Cooks. Uh, they did have Chad Hansen, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a great day. Um, all the Bears fans everywhere had one day where they're like, yes, Mitchell, this is why we drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That is your one and only day you get that, Bears fans. Um, yeah, the Bears have a chance to make the playoffs as an outside, like, number seven seed or something right now. They got to win out, uh, I, I think. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but with that win, that, that makes it possible. The Texans are rudderless. With all their injuries, they don't have a first or a second-round pick. They have Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and I don't know who else, like – their their team is not looking great. They're not in a good situation. Their head coaching job is only going to be very appealing because of how great Deshaun Watson is. Next game, we have the Dallas Cowboys beat down on the Bengals, thirty to seven. Cowboys are now four and nine. Bengals are two ten and one. They're basically preparing for the future. They're going to get another offensive lineman, probably Penny Sewell. Um, the biggest takeaway, also, and I know you felt the pain of this, Gio Bernard got benched due to inefficiency. And Travion Williams is now the starting running back for the Bengals. I was fuming. Um, Gio Bernard, Joe Mixon has had been in and out of the lineup all year. He's been out for a while now. Gio Bernard has been their unquestionable starter. He had like two or three good games, and then ever since he's just put up some awful performances. And I figured going against the Dallas Cowboys' horrendous run defense that I'd get a lot of points. I got three and a half, and he fumbled. I don't want Gio Bernard on my team next year. Um, the, the big takeaway there is, like, the Bengals' competent backup quarterback got hurt, and they brought in Ryan Finley, and the Cowboys reaped all the benefits, and the Cowboys actually looked like a competent team for a little bit. Chiefs come back on the Dolphins. They were down early, 7 0. Uh, but they really rumbled back. The Dolphins almost came back at the end, but the Chiefs win 33 to 27. Chiefs are now 12 and one. The Dolphins are now eight and five. As I mentioned, Mahomes had three picks. DeAndre Washington was the starting running back for the Dolphins, but he was 13 for 35. That's like two and a half yards of carry. Uh, and Kelsey continues to be a beast, as well as Micah Sick, who got hurt though. Yeah, he had a fantastic game. Tua looked really, really good in this game. Um, they had a, a punt return touchdown with Nicole Hardman. Uh, they were just like all over the place. And the Chiefs, the Dolphins made it really, really close at the end, but the, when the Chiefs had the ball, you did not think they were giving up the ball with like three or four minutes left, and they didn't. They just kept slowly, methodically going down the field, and the Dolphins didn't get the ball back, and the Chiefs win. Both of these teams are very good. The Dolphins are a little ahead of schedule, though. Do you think the Dolphins will make the playoffs? I hope so. That'd be really cool. Um, I'm not sure if they will, though. Cardinals beat the, the Giants. They needed this game big time. 26-7. Uh, to 7. So the Cardinals are now 7-6. and six. Still in the, the thick of it for the wild card. Uh, but they've been cold as of late. The Giants are now 5-8. and eight. They lost their possession of first place in the NFC beast. So... <laughs> What did you think of this game? Looks like Kenyon Drake, and now Chase Edmonds is probably going to miss. 
So Kenyon Drake could be like the savior for the Cardinals. He was 23 for 80 in a touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins, nine catches for 130. Well, they got to make sure Kyler goes back to normal. Um, Kyler had a 20-point performance this week. It was pretty solid. Um, earlier in the year, he was 35 to, 25 to 35 every single week. Um, and ever since that Seahawks game, like I said before, he hasn't really been the same. Uh, but he he played pretty solidly against a pretty tough Giants defense who are going to be missing uh, their top cornerback this year this week who is in the running for um, I can't think of what his name is at the top of my head right now, but I, James Bradbury. Yep. Um, the Giants' defense has been very, very good, although they have a big loss this week with the, the hiring of Brett Bielema, their outside <laughs> linebackers, to go to Illinois. <laughs> um, Karma. Yeah. I hope the Cardinals get a playoff spot. They're, they're a fun team to watch, and I, I'd like to see them in the playoffs. We can't forget to shout out Hassan Reddick also. Franchise record five sacks and three forced fumbles on Daniel Jones. That's an insane number. Did somebody play him in fan, or is he just chilling on somebody's bench? I think he was a free agent. I, I just, I'm just very curious now how many points that is. <laughs> a yeah, lot. A free agent. Twenty-nine points. Wow. Five. Or three points for sacks of 15, three for force fumble. That should be like a 45-point performance. That's all we need to change our IDP scoring. Yeah. All right, moving on. Buccaneers beat the Vikings 26-14. Bucks are now 8-5. Vikings are 6-7. and seven. Uh, Kirk Cousins came back to earth a little bit. Dalvin Cook ran right through a pretty tough Buccaneers defense. And then also Irv Smith uh, is the incumbent starter now, but he looks pretty solid with Kyle Rudolph pretty banged up. Takeaways? Uh, this was the Dan Bailey game. I think he left 11 <laughs> points out on the field. He didn't get um, fired, did he? Uh, I don't think so, no, oh somehow. Um, I think it's 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 tough to fire a kicker. Like, you have to have a guy in your facility for, like, five days passing all the COVID tests and everything before you can fully get him ready. So, like, even if they got a kicker in there for five days, then he's only got, like, a day of practice with your long snapper and your holder and everything. So, I am su- I would not be surprised if next week, if Bailey struggles again, that he'll be gone, but we'll see. Uh, the Vikings had a chance, and Dan Bailey fucked it up. Uh, the Buccaneers didn't still did not look great. They probably should have lost this game, but they're, they won, and they're going to be making the playoffs, most likely. What about the Vikings? you think the Vikings will make playoffs? No. All right, so it's going to be one of the Vikings, Cardinals, and Bears, I would assume. I would rather I, – I think the Cardinals and Bears are in a little better of a spot. Uh, with the Vikings going to 6-7, and seven, they have a little bit of ground to make up in the last three weeks. Moving on in the Broncos and the Panthers. So the Broncos went 32-27. to 27. This was kind of the game where, like, no one was watching. Broncos are now 5-8. and eight. Panthers are now 4-9. and nine. Um, KJ Hamler, I guess he was the big takeaway. It looks like. Oh wait, Drew brought Drew Locke threw four touchdowns. What? Yeah, he he had a great game, and he was dancing around the field. Come on, him. guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, no one really saw this game. Um, all of D. Slad Keith Panthers went off, which helped him <laughs> in the matchup versus you. Um, he, although he got a zero from Noah Fant for the second straight week, I believe. Or no, maybe it was second time in three weeks because that was you got his 
Kendall Hinton. He only had like 1.1 against yeah. him. Um, Fant is going to be good going forward. It's just he doesn't have any tight ends beyond him. But uh, yeah, uh, the Panthers team went off for these slides. That was that was pretty much the big takeaway out of that one. Titans Jaguars. Titans went 31 to 10. Uh, AJ Brown was a beast again, seven for 112 and a touchdown. Derrick Henry was even even bigger beast, and the footballers now call him Derrick Yeti because you can't stop the man, myth, and legend in the playoffs. 26 for 215 and two touchdowns. That'll get the job done. Also, Mike Glennon got benched for Gardner, and uh, Titans are 31 or Titans are now nine and four. Jags are now one and 12. So the Jags technically have the number two pick in front of the Bengals, but I don't think they're taking an offensive lineman. I don't think so either. I think they take probably Fields, because I think the Jets take Lawrence. Um, yeah, the I, I still think Gardner Minshew is a solid quarterback, but he's got nothing beyond DJ Chark right now uh, and a lot of young, young guys um, for that team. Although James Robinson has been good, but his offensive line's not great. The defense is awful. Um, the Titans are just a, a really solid football team. They're putting it all together at the right time. A.J. Brown had the sick one-handed touchdown catch, too. He's a, he's a monster. And then Corey, the big story was Corey Davis going back to being inconsistent for you and, and really struggling. Colts beat the Raiders 44-27. to They're now 9-4. and The Raiders are 7-6. and As of last week, they're now 7-7. and uh, in the AFC. AFC playoffs are way tougher to make for the wild card, it looks like, this year. So I think the Raiders being 7-7 seven and seven is very daunting for them. In this I matchup, def- though, Jonathan Taylor had 20 carries, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. How'd that feel for you? It felt pretty great. It was it was even better when uh, the Raiders forgot to cover him on that little screen pass, and he went 50 yards for a touchdown. Um <laughs> But beyond that, he had like a really good game, and he does not look like Trent Richardson. Thank you. Um, he looks like a very competent NFL running back. It little, took him a little bit, and I think he's going to be really great. Uh, the Raiders are trash. Uh, that's my <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar has been really solid, too. I threw him in there in a deal with Andy just as like a throw-in. Uh, wish I would have kept him, but I don't know what his role is going to be look, look, looking like next year. We'll see. Would you rather kept him over uh, Fulgham? Yep. <laughs> Although I've... they Fulgham should be playing more for the Eagles, but yeah, they have so many options in Philly. Mm-hmm. Seahawks destroyed the Jets forty to three. Seahawks are now nine and four. The Jets are now zero and thirteen. Wilson got benched at the end of the third quarter, and he still had four touchdowns. <laughs> DK Metcalf six for sixteen a touchdown. Chris Carson, 12 for 76 and a touchdown. A lot, a lot of points. It was 23-3 at halftime. It was 37-3 at the end of the third. I am amazed that the Jets got a field goal. Um, <laughs> they did not play good at all. You didn't expect them to. This is the good right game for the Seahawks. All their guys went off. And the Geno Smith revenge game. That's what all I got from that. <laughs> Lions, Packers, Packers win 31 to 24, kind of a nail biter it looked like. Uh, Packers are 10 and 3, Lions are now 5 and 8. Rodgers threw three touchdowns, Aaron Jones had 69 nice yards. Devontae Adams 7 for 115 and a touchdown. What were your biggest takeaways from this game? Packers are NFC North champs again. Kings 
of the NFC North, King of the North. Um, Rodgers had a great game. Uh, they always struggle against Detroit when they're in Detroit. And it never, it's never made sense. I guess it's just a division game. Detroit's not been good for a while, but they always seem to make it a close game. And I should have known it would be again, uh, but they did what they had to do at the end to put it away. Um, going forward, Stafford's injury um, is going to be cru- critical for the Lions down the stretch. If he doesn't play, they're going to uh, have a better draft pick because Stafford is a really, really good quarterback. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, the pack- I'm really, really happy about the Packers. Eagles beat the Saints 24 to 21 in the Jalen Hurts game. Eagles are now 4 8 and 1 and the Saints are 10 and 3. Shocking game cuz didn't this give the Packers the one seed? Yep, temporarily. Taysom Hill and his swan song went 28 for 38, 291 and 2. I'm assuming got some work on the ground as well. Miles Sanders was uh, the big highlight for the running game though with a 14 for 115 and two touchdowns, including like an 86-yard touchdown or something. Because all of a sudden I pulled up Sleeper and the score jumped significantly for Randy. It was because of that. Michael Thomas had eight catches for 84 yards, and now he's not playing this week either. What did you think? Did you expect this game to go out this way? No. (laughs) I didn't either. Jalen Hurts looked electric. Um, The Saints defense has been incredible, and he just ran all over them, did whatever he wanted against them. Uh, The Saints made it interesting at the end, but I was very, very shocked at this outcome. Um, we'll see what it looks like for Drew Brees going forward. I still think the Saints have a chance at the one seed um, with the Packers. I think they they have the same record, and the Packers only have them by beating them earlier in the year. Um, yeah, good for Jalen Hurts. We'll see how he does the rest of the year, and who knows who could be the starter next year. Did you hear that Tide is now sponsoring Drew Brees? I did not. It's because he's washed. Moving on. <laughs> Washington defeats the 49ers 23 to 15. Washington's now 6 and 7. They've won 4 in a row. They were 2 and 7. Alex Smith got injured. It's now looking like the Dwayne Haskins show God, against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh 49ers are 5 and 8. They're probably out of the playoffs, I would assume. Nick Mullins was 25 for 45, gross for 260. Uh Brandon Ayuk though, I think he's going to be a top-tier wide receiver going forward. He is, looks good, regardless of even if Debo's on the field. He had 10 for 119. Yeah, uh, Ayuk has been incredible fantasy-wise um, in the past all, all year. Every day, every year, game he's been healthy. It sucks for Alex Smith. Um, although, Dwayne Haskins pushes the ball down the field a lot more than Alex Smith does. So it's good for like Terry McLaurin and other um, like Logan Thomas and guys like that. But he's much more inconsistent, much more, many more turnovers. Not a great for uh, the football team going forward. Um, but he's in the matchup for uh, a good spot um, for uh, going forward for maybe going to the playoffs with Haskins. We'll see. You think the football team with a one-game lead or the Giants wins the division? Or Eagles? I don't know. Uh, I just had to think about that, and I, I don't think any of those teams win a playoff game unless the football team or the Giants' defense. Both of their defenses are really good. They they can have to shut the other team down uh, and just score some points. Uh, I don't see either of them advancing beyond the first round, so I don't know if it matters all that much. 
Bills defeat the Steelers 26 to 15. They move to 10 and 3. Steelers are 11 and 2. Ugh, Steelers have not looked good. Their offense looks really bad as of late. Uh, Stephon Diggs had 10 for 130 and a touchdown. Josh Allen had 238 and two touchdowns as well and got it done on the on the ground as well. Any thoughts on this game Sunday night? Um, yeah, the Steelers have the case of the dropsies. Um, Deontay Johnson's been incredible, but he has, leads the league in drops. Uh, Roethlisberger is just getting the ball out so fast, and he's not attacking deep down the field when he's got some really good receivers um, to take advantage of that. And the Bills' defense took advantage of that, really took away a lot of the intermediate and short throws, and got a pick six that really flipped that game. Bills are in that top tier of teams right now. Josh Allen has looked great. Their defense is great. Um, Stephon Diggs has looked like the number one receiver that he wanted to be in Minnesota. Um, I, I'm really high on the Bills this week and going forward into the playoffs. Not so much in the Steelers. Um, nope. They got a couple issues on the defensive side. They have the drops. Roethlisberger has looked very inconsistent the past few weeks. I'm all in on the Bills. Then, finally, Monday... Probably the game of the week, or sorry, probably the game, game of the year. It was such a shitty game, if you know what I'm saying. The Ravens <laughs> won 47-42. to 42. Hey, did Odell, like, meet Lamar in the locker room or something? Like, once he heard that Lamar had to take a shit? Uh, I think he would, and to try to see if he can smell it or anything. Yeah, that was... <laughs> the amount of stuff that happened in this game, it's just insane to think about. Mm -hmm. Like... Holy shit. And yes, I mean shit. <laughs> Trace um, McSorley got bounced out of the game, too. Yeah, he had an awesome interview on PMT uh, <laughs> where they were giving him crap. Um, we're just going to do all the uh, shit references we can get out of this um, about uh, Trace said he's like, no, no, you got, you got an IV. And they're like, no, no, no. Um, we know that Trace is smiling and nodding as we're saying this right now. <laughs> Yeah, the Lamar Jackson took the Browns to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> he he came back in and delivered a fantastic play to, to Hollywood, who, which I know won you a fantasy matchup in a different league. Yeah, he dumped uh, he dumped it down to Marquise Brown. <laughs> um, he yeah. I don't know. I don't have any other poop references currently. Um, <laughs> okay, so the over-under, by the way, was 46, and they scored 69 nice points. Oh, they scored 89 points. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't understand that. But um, then they they had multiple touchdowns in the fourth quarter when Lamar Jackson looked to be out of it. Um, but he rose from the toilet and came back and delivered that great play. Um, then the Browns went down the field and they almost scored too fast because then they went down, the Ravens went right back and you had the most accurate kicker in NFL history, Justin Tucker, make a clutch field goal. And the the Ravens money line hit off of a, a horrendous, um, the band is on the field play where the Browns went backwards 30 yards and went out the back of the end zone. Yeah. That was one of the worst pitch plays I've seen. <laughs> there were so many things that happened in this game. Everybody that played in this game looked great beyond the defenses. The defenses looked garbage. Yeah. Every offensive player looked great in this game. It was just fun all the way around. Even with 
the shits taking the, the center stage. So the Ravens are now eight and five. The Browns are now nine and four. Do you think they both make playoffs? The Brown, the Ravens play the the Jaguars this week. I don't know. I think we could have three three AFC North teams. Would be very interesting. So if the Ravens the year, beat the. We, oh, sorry. They're going into the year. We knew that all three were going to be good, but we didn't know the Browns were going to be this good. So assuming. What? I said, I think they do. Sorry, I kept cutting you oh, off. Okay. No, yeah. I would... So Ravens, if they beat the Jags this week, they'd be nine and five. If the Browns beat the Giants, they'd be ten and four. Ten and four should be a lock for the playoffs, right? You would think, yeah. And then if the Ravens are nine and five, I mean, like, so if I look at the standings right now for the playoff picture, just as we wrap up here. So the Browns currently have the five seed. The Ravens are currently in eighth. Okay, so we it's not as f- full-blown as I thought because the Dolphins are eight and five as well, right above them. And the Colts are nine and four. The Titans are nine and four, but they're owning the division. So obviously Titans or Colts, one of them's taking the division. The Browns have a one-game lead on the eight and five teams. The Raiders are now basically a game and a half back. If the Colts win, if the Colts and Browns win, the Raiders are out of the playoffs because there'd be only two weeks left. I, yeah, I didn't expect them to be in this long, so mm. I, I, that makes sense. So it's really going to come down to two teams are missing between the Ravens, Dolphins, Colts, slash Titans, and the Browns. That's what we got to look for. Well, I hope the Dolphins, the Browns make it. That'd be fun. Yeah, I want the Browns to make it for sure. And they play who this week? The Giants? Yeah, that'll be a decently tough matchup. Colt McCoy. Just the Browns defense in general. Or the the Giants defense in general, my bad. All right, that's all we got for this week. We're going to close out here. And we'll talk to you guys next week about week 15.